welcome to Sipping on Country. This week, I am here with the lovely, precious Harris. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for coming in. So, um, we shall start off. I mean, just tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what you do. Okay, well, I was born into music. And so, my mother played like five different instruments and wrote the prettiest gospel songs. And then my dad's cousins are the Everly Brothers. So, their grandfather... In Kentucky, you could do this, you know. <laughs> the roots, <laughs> roots fork a little. Uh, but their grandfather and my great-grandfather were brothers. So I always grew up with music in the house. I was doing copyright forms and sending reel-to-reel uh, -reel tapes to publishers in Nashville when I was just like eight. And mom goes, and then I ended up writing a song. And so next thing I know, she said, uh, I want you to be with BMI. So you'll see me at BMI as a songwriter. <laughs> But I was only like nine. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was very active in Sunday school growing up and everything. So I'm like, I'm, I can write a song better than, yes, Jesus loves me. <laughs> no, I can't. But, uh, and now I, uh, what happened is after my mother passed away, uh, we'd been coming back and forth every single weekend to listen to music. And, and so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to Nashville. So I packed her up moved to Nashville, slept on somebody's couch till my apartment got ready, and uh, went to work. Um, as I Got my Belmont, went to work, interning at Atlantic Records. And that was like the golden days. You had Neil McCoy, John Michael Montgomery, Confederate Railroad, and uh, we had Martin Del Rey. Uh, we just, uh, John Michael Montgomery. And I went to my first country radio seminar, in 1990, yeah. So this would be this year will be my 34th year. But it, I just, of course, I love music anyway, and I love doing the business. And even though my mother wanted me to play the piano and play the guitar and the banjo and sing, I just did not have that passion. And when you don't have a passion, you really can't do a great job what you do. Right. So my passion now is uh, my mother. Uh, got taken by some sharks. Um, we ate potato soup for a couple of years. Um, it was really, really rough. And I just remember when I got down here, I could, I, met, I was lucky enough to meet a songwriter, a hit songwriter, and he would help me man, uh, maneuver around the what I call the bottom feeders. And uh, so I was lucky enough. I just knocked on the door and I said, I want to intern at VNA Records. Uh, this is before I went to Atlantic, and the desk was such a mess. It's only been open about a year, and he said, about that time, here come Joe Galante and Randy Goodman, which is now pres uh, president of Sony Nashville, uh -huh. and he goes, quick, get the office cleaned up. I'm like, okay, and I just started hiding stuff under my desk and doing all that, and he said, and uh, he said, do you want to be an intern? I go, yes. He goes, here's the problem. you got to go to MTSU, or you got to go to Belmont. So he actually called Belmont and gave them money for me to go and go ahead and fast forward me into the internship. Oh, wow. Of course, my dad sent him a cashier's check the next day, you know, because I had my college fund. But uh, I was there before Newgrass Revival was Newgrass because being, I went to a year at WKU and uh, Western Kentucky University, and they had one of the top 10 college rock venues in Bowling Green called Picasso's 
and you never know who was going to be there. You never know. Um, but I just ended up being at the right place at the right time. But the more I was like, I'm going to learn, I'm going to learn more about copyright. I'm going to learn exactly what to do because there's so many little things that needs to be done when you're registering with your PRO, which is your performance, uh, uh, sorry, your performance rights organization. But the biggest thing is I, uh, many years ago, this is when I knew I had to, had to do something. I'm standing, I'm judging, I used to judge for like 20 years the, uh, Jimmy Dean Country Showdown, and then I Colgate Country Showdown. Every time I get a sponsor, anyway, I'm sitting at a at a competition. I'm finished, and you know, talking to some of the parents. They were asking me advice, and behind me, I hear this guy go, "Oh, I can get you signed up to BMI for two thousand dollars," and I went Kentucky hillbilly on him. I swear <laughs> to God. So what I did is, I turned around and said. Excuse me, I said, does, when did ASCAP go up to $2,000? I mean, when did BMI go up to $2,000? And he goes, what? I said, it's only, like, whatever it was at the time, $100 to join. And he gave me the dagger look. <laughs> and I'm like, bring it on, buddy. You're a bottle beater, you know. And uh, they ended up, he told them to move to Nashville. And the daddy had been at the job for 22 years. And... You know, you got to be here to, to you know, do it. Well, you do, but not when you're 11, you know, and you're right. having to uproot your entire family. And I sent them back home, and I gave them a list to do about songwriting. And I said, come to Nashville once every six, eight weeks. They were drivable. And I said, and I will help you get what you need to have done. And, uh, but, yeah, that's, I'll call, if, if, if they said, Precious, when you go quiet, Someone's in the room that you know is bad. I said, mm -hmm. it, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but you know what? At least I can sleep good at night, and that's most important. And I've been really lucky. I helped a kid named Elby Shane, uh, who, you know, my boy. And I met him through one of the bands I was working with in, in Kentucky called Barl Blue. And they go, Mama P, we, this is a hell of a singer, and you need to help him because he really don't know a lot about the music industry, Right. And um, this is probably the meanest I was on the phone. Okay? You mean <laughs> never. Hey, you mess with my kids and I key you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Elby, and I said, Elby, honey, if, if people see you, they're going to start throwing contracts at you and things like that. Refer them to me. Okay? So this booking agent in Kentucky sent him a three-page contract. And the first page was if he played at his club, he didn't have to pay him. Okay? Yeah. Look here. Wrong answer. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> the second page is 100% management. The third page, I am so mad. Literally, I can't see anything but just red. And the third page, I'm so mad, I just rip it up. It's an artist. It's a, see, I had publishing, management, and booking. And uh, so he called me. Uh, and thank God he waited a few minutes. But at, down the hall was a, a very, very success, successful duo in a meeting because I was in the Buddy Lee Attractions building. And at that time, they had like Jason Aldean, Florida Georgia Line, um, you know, pa pa Paramore, I mean, Par Parmalee and some other, you know, high-profile acts. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, he answered the phone. I said, hey, 
who's, you know, and he said, hey, is this precious? I went, yes, sir. He said, Elvie said uh, he couldn't sign anything unless it, uh, it run by you. I'm running by <clears> you. And I said, okay. He said, did you look at it? I went, yipper, I did. He said, what do you think? I said, I think it's a crap. Crap, crap, crap. <laughs> and he goes, excuse me? I said, the first page, you take, you don't pay him when he plays your club, but yet you're taking 30% of any merch he sells at all the surrounding clubs. I was on the phone with the guy, and I was texting Elvis. I said, hey, I'm on the phone with this guy. He is a scam, scam, scam. So the second page, he said, so what's wrong with it? I said, well, the first page, you're booking, you're taking, you know, way too much of the merch. I said, that's what... That's what these kids live on is their merch when they're on the road, things like right. that. And I said, then the, so that was the book and contract. I said, and the second page, you take all of his publishing. I said, and the third page, I said, I'm so mad at you right now. I'm so glad you're not in the room with me. I said, I just ripped it up. He said, so Elvie's going to do what you say. I went, mm-hmm. He goes, we have nothing more to discuss. I said, you're right. Have a blessed flipping day. Click. <laughs> And all of a sudden, here come Donna. And she looks around. She said, "What?" And they go, "What is going on?" And Donna laughs. She goes, "Somebody's messing with her kids." <laughs> it's so it's so easy to. I mean, you said about you know having passion, but it's because of that. It's so easy for people to get taken advantage of. You know, yes. like you have people coming into the industry, and and it is it's not it's not a job. It's not like oh well, I'm good at this, so I'm going to do it. Like. It's a dream, it is a passion, it is everything. And that immediately just makes people more vulnerable to, you know, this person coming in saying, oh, well, you know, I can give you this, this, this. All you need to do is sign on the dotted line. Yes. Job done. And then before you know it, you're in a, you know, this awful situation where you're not getting what you actually deserve. I know. And there was, there, I, got, I do a lot of seminars and things about how to protect yourself, what to do. But... I've got it like this list of things to do, for instance. You'll get in more trouble with a pen on Music Row than you will a pistol. <laughs> My second thing is uh, you're going to need a lawyer before you can afford one, you know. And one of the third ones that said, uh, if, if this doesn't work out, I'll just rip up the contract. Yeah, run, you know. So, but I've had, I mean, there's certain things that happen and the parents will immediately call me. And so every when the kids come in there, here's what I say: my music kids. I because I never had children of my own, but I look these kids look up to me like the second mom, you know, like their music mom. And this family came in, and I'm like, how much are they? She goes, well, they said that they can do this, pay to play. Said it's like I have to pay $150 a night to do the songwriters round. And I said no. Mm -hmm. And then three months later. They come to my other little girl, and because I never, I try to keep things separate unless it happens, you know. And I said, no, I, I don't want no. You're not paying money to let her play on a songwriting show. Not right. when I have friends that you know own the local and you know. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It runs the Commodore. I mean, I, I've been here since I was about twelve, mm -hmm. learning the business, but to be here right at. 34 35 years yeah i know who all i know where all the skunks are here right <laughs> the the whole the pay to play thing was and I, I don't think it goes on as much in london now um mm -hmm. but i know you know 10 years ago i mean it was 
it was very much um, a thing. And I'm just like, in fact, no, you know what? Um, I had reached out. This was back when I was when I was playing more, and I'd I'd reached out to someone. This probably only like five or six years ago about playing. And they came back to me and they're like, oh, yeah, sure, the, the support slots are 800. And I'm like, what? Like, I, was, I was not born yesterday. Like, I know. You, can, you can have me support because you want a support act on your show or you can go get someone else to pay this because I'm not. Like, this is not happening. That's happened to me. I, uh, I had a, a client that uh, I was working with and they had management and they were out of town and couldn't get a hold of them and... I found out that this person was charging $3,500 from them to open up for Love and Theft for 45 minutes. And I just went, boom. And because, yeah. uh, you know, I don't want to end up with, like, my brakes fail or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wanted to call up somebody and said, hey, by the way, you know, do you know? Mm-hmm. You know, but I just, and the best part about what I do with my job is I feel good when I know that I'm watching over, you know, the kids. And uh, one day this lady called and she said, somebody reached out on Instagram and she really wants to meet um, so-and-so. And I said, I don't like it. I don't like what I'm seeing on the pictures. And sure enough, she wanted her to pay $2,000 a month for her just to book her. Of course, yeah. It's it's so hard because I think you know, and it especially, especially nowadays, is that these kids. I mean, anyone like any independent artist in music, whether it's you know whether it's country music or anything else, um, they are expected to be everything all in one. And so rather than you know rather than trying to focus on being an artist, um, the they're trying to do everything and so you get someone coming along that says hey you know we'll help you with this i feel like it's even it makes it even easier to to kind of, to fool someone into into parting with that money because people these artists are already so overwhelmed you know right you're not an art just an artist anymore you're yeah. an artist you are your brand manager your business manager your pr yeah. you know all of this that that most people have teams to do you're trying to do all in one. So when someone steps up to the plate and goes, hey, I can take this off your hands and help you. I mean, yeah, there, you know, there you are. Okay, cool. Like, what do you need? <clears throat> yeah, um, I have a, one of my clients is uh, very well known on TikTok. And the reason why I'm not saying names is because just for privacy reasons, you know. Okay. Um, but he was on TikTok and he is up to like 350,000 followers. And uh, and I met him through, which is crazy when I worked for Alabama, um, uh, working for Teddy. They That's how I met him in a roundabout way. Uh, the head of securities, some to school with this kid down in Alabama. So he come to the office and he come and he said, hey, Presh, American Idol had reached out to him and wants him to audition. I said, that's a great way to get exposure. So he did that then all of a sudden he started playing gigs got his band together it was just like bam 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 in a good way um he goes to this studio south of 
the border of Tennessee. And uh, at the time, he had a, uh, an investor who was, you know, she was very much uh, like, we were just like this when it comes to watching out for him and mm -hmm. things like that. And they made an appointment with the studio and to do six songs for 1500 a piece. And I said, can you send me a work for hire producer's contract? So she went in that day and asked him, he goes, no, I, I don't do producer work for hire contracts. Well, when someone don't do a contract and they've got your masters, mm -hmm. that is not a good thing. Right. You know? Yeah. So I, she called me and said, he's not going to do it. I said, tell him he's going to do it or we're not going to record the rest of the four songs. He said, no, I'm not doing it. So anyway, and, and I said, ask him why that he's not doing it. I was, she went to the studio, asked him what happened. He goes, oh, no, I'm taking 4% of all the songs forever. And even though point zero zero one of an eight, I was just like, you know, and that's the hard part of my job. But on the other hand, uh, he, the kids, the very first time they ever wrote, uh, they are hit top 10 iTunes for right. indie artists, you know, you and, uh, He's actually got a CD release party, but I won't be able to do it on Friday night. Uh, if I could go to Alabama, but it depends on what happens. We get the tornadoes or the rain or the snow. It's right there on the cut. No. I was like, I'm a weather guru. I'm just like, <laughs> you know. Oh, I'm always, I'm always checking that stuff. Yeah. I feel like I've been, I've never been so paranoid about weather until I moved here. <laughs> well, in about four, four or five years ago, we had a tornado one day and an ice storm. 24 hours later. Oh, man, that must have been, it must have been 20, 2019 or something. Yeah, it's, like I don't, that, it's like I the don't tornado December the 9th, but the reason why I'm scared is I was in the super outbreak. I was in seventh grade, and it's where they had like 250 tornadoes in one day oh, from wow. Texas all the way up to Ohio and above. And uh, I remember being at school, my mother pulled down the shade. I mean, my teacher pulled down the shade, and it was just as dark as it was 2 o'clock in the morning. And I, know, I just start stacking my books up and call. And I get home and there's canaries, cats, dogs, gerbil. And I, we were the only one that had a basement. Right. And, uh, but I remember seeing it coming at us, but mom made us stay in the basement. But it was a wedge, just like that is what it looked like. Ooh, no thank you. Yeah. No. So anyway, but it's so funny. I call my kids <laughs> back to the music. I'm like, get up. There's a tornado warning. And she goes, I know. I said, well, good. Get in the closet. Go in the bathtub. Cover up. And the kids are laughing. They literally, Courtney goes, Three, two, one. She's gonna call me, and I did. Isn't that crazy? But she goes, <laughs> but I oh, because Courtney's is they don't have none of my kids have family here, right? They're all by themselves. So I have to. It's not that I don't. I have to watch out for them. I do because I really love them and care about them on what happens, you know. And uh, but uh, just seeing the songs that are created in the office is just amazing. And so actually, just to touch on that. Um so Precious has an office uh, in Nashville where it is um, all these fantastic up-and-coming writers and artists that she works with. It is a, a free space to go and, and create, you know, and have that freedom to write and to collaborate. And, I mean, it's fantastic. There, there are so many people in the industry that are trying to just rip people off that there's a, you are a breath of fresh air. Well, thank you. I have a... You know, and I've had one or two that I'm um, that I've had to let go because of 
I don't like a caddy. I cannot mm-hmm. handle caddy woman in there. Uh, jealousy, it's not about me, me, me. In my office, it's about we, we, we. And because it's not worth a monthly thing, mm-hmm. to, but it is. And uh, I just cannot handle somebody that's jealous of the other kids. And so, but I I want them to feel safe. But uh, the hardest thing, I think, is just getting a kid who I know is just a little bit on the shy side, actually a lot, and knowing I'm like, okay, this is going to be hard. I'm in her muscle shows. Well, I heard her play, and she is like a child prodigy. She's written 350 songs at the time she was 16. Wow. Wow. Um, and so um, I take her, because I'm a life member of National Songwriters Association, so I take her over there, and I called Jill, and I said, hey, I want you to, I got a 16-year-old, you've got to hear. She's just flipping amazing. So I got her last year. Come next week will be one year she's been with me. She didn't say but like four words the day I met her. And I told her, and within three months, she was going to be on stage singing in Nashville. And she goes, <laughs> nope. Nope. Well, now she wants to be an artist, and she's releasing a single. Wow. So, and the parents are just, they go, and when I was supposed to meet them, everything happened. Like, my ceiling caved in in my old office. You name it. And the dad, I said, please don't think I'm a cheesewad because <laughs> cause I really do want to help her. But it's just been one thing after the other. And he's a pastor. So anyway, he said, Precious, I think we're supposed to be with you because apparently the devil knows that's where we're supposed to be because he just keeps, pit- I said, oh, you mean keeps hitting me with his pitchfork. And he starts laughing. And uh, see, she's had... 200,000 streams on her song. The wow. very f- song, the first time these kids ever wrote together. And then I've got... What was her, what's her name? Her name is Jessie Bracken. Okay. And she's just starting to do her social media and things like that. But I have not... She didn't smile the first time I met her. She has continued to smile. You know. It's, there is something about being around like-minded people. I think it really... Um, Having, having people where you in a, a space where you can go and people that you can go and confide in and know they've got your back, in in what is really a cutthroat industry, um, you know I think that that really helps and that the more you get to know people and there's a there's a big like camaraderie in Nashville, mm-hmm. you know and I I always I always say this compared to the UK scene that. Um, I know I've probably said it in multiple episodes at this point, but it's true. I, I've always felt like the UK scene is, you know, from my experience, people were very kind of closed off. You know, mm-hmm. they were like, well, I, I worked to get here, and so you need to go do the work. Like, <coughs> I, like I'm not going to help you out. And I'm not saying everyone's like that, yeah. but I found that that happened more often than not. Whereas what's really nice here, and I think that shows when you've got kids like that and to really bring them out their shell, is that for the most part, people welcome you with open arms. You know, how can I help? Like, yes, I did the work to get to here, but I'm going to share some of that with you because I can and because you're not competition. You know, we all have our own strengths and it's about just building everyone up. And I think that I think that helps when you have that nervousness of, you know, this this crazy music thing, um, to know that you have that fa- family. It becomes family. 
They really are. I mean, the kids, we went uh, the 30th of, of uh, December up to one of my, she's 15, incredible artist, incredible artist, and she's been singing since she was four. And uh, they invited us over to the house. Well, unknown to me, Jesse and Courtney and the other one, uh, uh, Brooke, they had been up all night writing songs. I mean, all night, like summer parties. So when we got over there, it was like Mexican jumping beans, you know. Oh, my. But I'm sitting there, and, of course, I didn't feel very good that day because of my health issues. But I sit there, and I said, thank you, Lord, for putting these three together, you know. Cause, and I've always taught. I got one of my clients, Michaela Lane. Um, I told her mom the very first meeting, I said, don't tell what you are doing in Nashville. And she said, why? I said, I'll tell you why. I said, the biggest reason why is because that your friends are not going to like it of what Michaela's doing. Michaela's friends are like, it's really, really hard when you're, I think she was 14 when I got her, 14 mm -hmm. or 15. And, um, and I said, nobody's going to be happy for her in that circle because it will be a jealousy. Right. And uh, so two weeks went by and they come back. And she comes back, she said, how did you know? I said, what? She goes, how did you know that it was, that they were jealous that it was going to cause an issue? I said, I've been in this business 40 years. I said, yeah, you know, and she said, you were right. She said, you're completely right. Mother goes, how did you know? I said, I've been in this business a long time. I said, the first inkling I had was when I went to Nashville with my mom, and I was like 10 Mm -hmm. And uh, Stella Pardon was working the desk at Dolly's Publishing Company. And uh, I went back and I said, hey, I seen so-and-so and so-and-so. And they're like, yeah, sure you did. And then I had a little niece who was very, very bad diabetic. Bad. And so uh, she all she wanted to do is meet Billy Ray Cyrus. Well, Billy Ray's publicist is one of my mentors, Sandy Nees. And so she helped me get, you know, a pass for her to meet him and everything. Mm -hmm. And she's with me. I have no idea what I, I said, I, okay, I've got a kid that has to get shots and pills with mm -hmm. me. And when we got there, it was like a line wrapped around the arena in Louisville. And I went and got a hold of a security guard, which I knew forever with rock solid <laughs> security. I said, here's the deal. I've got a kid who needs to get back with her insulin. Because I've got the needle and everything, you know, for her to get her insulin. But I said, the quicker we can get out of here, is there any way you can move her up to the front? I said, I would not ask that because it's not really fair. I said, but I'm a little scared having her on my own and me right. knowing nothing about diabetes. Like, you know. if anything, what to happen? Right. So they moved her up there. And so she went uh, and got her picture made. She was, like, so excited. She went to school the next day. And she was telling her teacher... If I could have been near, I would have punched her lights out. Um, <laughs> that she saw met Billy Ray last night. I'm like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. This is at the height of Billy Ray's career, and she's and she's eight, eight and a half, you know. And so she put her in time out for lying. And she goes, and just a couple other things that happened, but I'd, I'd rather not discuss it. And I get a phone call for what had happened. I was furious so anyway I decided because I was writing for Texas Country Music Magazine at the time mm -hmm. 
so I took the picture of her and him and put it in the article about his Billy's success and how I knew him when he, you know, first came to town and everything. Uh, and I went and I over to Billy's manager and I got like 30 autographs with Billy's name on it on the black and white little 8 by 10s Yep. And uh, I got, got an extra magazine and then I had a picture of her and Billy framed. And I showed up at the school and uh, went to talk to the teacher. She wasn't there that day, but the principal was. So he saw it. I said, here's the deal. I said, tell the teacher not to ever, ever call a kid a liar and put her in timeout. and had all the kids saying, oh, you're just lying. You're just lying. But when I, I got a call th two or three days later from my brother, and he goes, um, yeah, I got a call from the teacher apologizing. I said, well, that's good. Because if she hadn't apologized, I would have been like, you know. Right. But that's why you don't tell, you know, everything. Like I said, no one's going to be happy yeah. doing a Nashville, you know. It's funny. I was actually talking to one of my guests earlier, and um, she, she was saying, you know, you haven't made it if people aren't hating on you, right? Because, <laughs> like Taylor. Um, poor Taylor, I know. <laughs> but all these people that are, you know, just being crappy people, you know, <laughs> that's the like, that's, that's what I'm going to say so I don't say anything worse, is, um, I mean, it's. I feel like for the most part, it's jealousy, you know? It's these people looking at that going, it, like, I wish I could do that. And so, and rather than just being happy for someone, they're going to take it out because actually they're like, well, that should have been me. Even if that's not even what they realise no, they're I doing. I hate and that it's, attitude. Yeah, you know, just, just be happy. Just, you know, let someone enjoy their moment. Let an eight-year-old enjoy <laughs> their <laughs> moment. Exactly. And, uh, but I, it's, there's things that, and, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but literally, I follow my faith. And I said, okay, who can I put together for this right? Because uh, especially new ones who are coming in who's really backwards and shy. Mm -hmm. Even though she's written 350 songs by herself. But I, uh, I put her with Courtney. But it's like I get a sense from up above what will work and what won't work, you know. And uh, they wrote the best song. So good. And... Uh, and I came out there, and Courtney, who I've met, she was parking my car at the cancer doctor. And I always tip, but I just give uh, the guy down that does the homeless papers $5, so I was empty. And I said, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have any change. And he goes, it's okay, nobody ever tips us. I said, but I tip. He goes, well, nobody else does. And I said, do you have a songwriter here or somebody in the music wants to do music? I said, I can give advice. And he goes, yeah, Courtney. <laughs> and she came <laughs> over. We've been best friends, and she's like my daughter for the last seven, eight years now. I love it. And she had, uh, you know, and just seeing things like that, good things happen to kids. I've been called in the middle of the night with a kid uh, who has a serious ear issue and things. So I've been known to be at the hospital at 2 o'clock in the morning because the first one they call is me, you know. Hi. Something happened. Uh, but but I'm proud of that because I can watch out for them. And same thing with the parents, mm -hmm. you know. I just I just know that 
I'm supposed to be doing what I'm doing, you know. And you do it so well. I know. As a matter of fact, <gasps> I got an, uh, one of my clients is going to be on The Voice next week on the 18th. Ooh, are we allowed to? Oh, this is going to be coming out after that. So Perfect. So we can we can say the name. Yes, his name is Dawson Slade. Right. So yeah, and he uh, he's 17, and he'll be 18 in April, but uh, he's just a very very special kid, you know, and uh, but uh, it's another God thing that happened. We were in Key West last year, and something happened, and I didn't think he 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 couldn't he was not going to be able to go. So I called NSAI because they already heard him play. Mm-hmm. And they go, if you can get him to Miami, we'll drive him to Key West. Because they're meeting up and it was like two big hit songwriters and two of the people from NSAI. <laughs> we get down there and we met a hit writer in our hotel. And him, he and Dawson have the same backstory. And... Uh, Anyway, um, sometimes you don't have a lot of support growing up when you're doing music. Put it that way. Everyone's home situation is different. I'm like, mm-hmm. but kind of regardless, I think one of the biggest issues with, and not just music, but I think anything that is creative, like in the entertainment industry, is if you if you haven't grown up around that, a lot of a lot of parents are like, well. Like, you're going to do that, but you're going to get a real job too, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's necessarily even trying to be unsupportive at times. It's just that the the majority of people who aren't in the industry, um, entertainment as a whole, it, it's a hobby, right? It's not a career. You don't, go, <laughs> yes. you don't go play guitar for a career because the chances of it actually happening are... I mean, they are. They're pretty slim. You think the amount of people that go into it... And so that make I mean that makes it hard even from the get go, um, let alone if you've got kids coming from, you know, homes that are maybe not, you know, they're they're already not a, a little good broken. situation. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> yes. And so and I said, we get down there and even though he's with the other PRO, uh, he came in and he met the guy, the hit writer, and then he said, I'm really tired. He had a bag of winds went uh, Wendy's. So the next day, he sees the hit writer out, and he said, I'm sorry, I was so tired last night, I want to introduce myself. So anyway, he said, you want to play with me on the VMI stage tomorrow? He goes, what? <laughs> and he gets up there, and I, and all I, I said, Lord, all I need is just one song. That's all I need mm-hmm. in front of this crowd. It was five songs, and he got two standing ovations. Oh, wow. So he's the one, Dawson is going to be the one that's going right. to be an American Idol. So we're all going to yeah. keep our eyes peeled? Keep our eyes peeled. And then... Just certain opportunities that come up with the kids, you know, that, like, I had a kid named Guy Rigdon who was first runner-up on The Voice, and I told him not to do an original song, <laughs> and I don't care, he knows it, <laughs> and, uh, of course, they do the publishing for mm-hmm. however long the contract was, so I always tell the kids, please do not do any of your songs on TV unless they're copyrighted. Yep. And I don't mean mailing it to you because that does not work anymore. You can do an email, a stamp, but the <clears> best defense if you get in a court is the actual copyright, you know. Um, and there's PA form for performance arts, and then there's SR for sound recordings. But uh, I remember when I first started doing the copyrights for the kids, 
my mom made me learn why it's that, mm-hmm. you know, why that you do this. And uh, so when I got Dawson, I said, here's what we're going to do. Do you belong to a PRO? And he goes, no. I said, we're going to get you to join, and you can do publishing on your own. I said, but I have to have your parents' signature. Uh, and you can do on stage. Or, well, I think ASCAP's on stage, BMI is called BMI Live. And they actually get paid for playing music on the stage. So we got um, we got back to Nashville from there, and he started posting videos on TikTok. Next thing I know, everybody's American Idol's calling him, and all these you know different ones. Little scouts, yeah, yeah. And I said, "Here's what you do." And uh, so I had him talk to one of the kids that has been on American Idol, uh, and I said, "Here's what we need to do. We have to make sure you're protected." So he listened to me, and did not do an original song which is good, uh, because, and this is how I put it, and maybe I'm being, I've got a couple of things I tell the kids, like great communication leads to great things, uh, but I said, what does the voice say? He goes, what do you mean? I said, what's the title of the show that you, you know, that's been calling you, he didn't, American Idol, but voice had yeah. looked him up. He said, the voice, I said, does that say songwriting competition? <laughs> right you just need to sing something that shows off your vocals that's that's where that's it and uh you don't have to be super powerful to blow everybody away mm-hmm. like martina mcbride but people who are in the industry watch you if you're singing a high note and your blood vessels are showing in your neck you're not doing a good <laughs> job using your diaphragm you know <laughs> right but uh he ended up not original song and uh he just to know that he he got to go out there for two weeks, and he's Mama P. I met a lot of nice people, but he said there's no place like Nashville. It's true, yeah. So, and that's what I try to tell the kids. He goes, I'm not going to be disappointed if I lose. I'm like, why? Well, he said, I got to experience it. So I'm a winner anyway. I go best way to look at it. Exactly. So and uh, but I said I have to, for instance. I have uh, somebody come in the office, and I can just feel aura and, you know, just um, feel things about them. You know how you have that? You meet someone, and they're like, mm, that's a little creepy, you know. Mm-hmm. But I had a girl walk in, and she was telling me how wonderful she was, how she could do this and this and who she wrote with, and so-and-so and so-and-so, bragging. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Um, but when you come in here, I said, I mine's more on the legal side mm-hmm. uh and she goes well i'm the i'm the best client you've got or i'm going to be the best client you got so you don't need anybody else but me and i'm like <laughs> you know what i thought to myself and i say it now uh if you walk in my door and i don't see your head it's probably up your nana <laughs> <laughs> so turn around and go out because i can't help you <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely uh definitely a time and place for ego and that is uh yeah. It's not one of them. It's not no, one of and them. like I said, the I've got a little girl called McCartney Reinhardt, right? And uh she plays was playing on Broadway doing some things, but she's 17, but I want to try to get out of that scene. It's great for her to practice because we're putting her band together, but she needs I can tell even though she's been on Broadway for almost 2 years. 
I know that I need to get her off Broadway and start doing gigs outside, like fairs and festivals yep. and things like that. And so I have a, and I told her mom, I said, we, she said, I know. And then I, there's so many people down on Broadway, like at the bars and stuff. Yep. She kept getting sick, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, just constantly around tour, people coming from outside as well, tourists and oh. close proximity, drunk people are like, hey. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, her mother yeah, always is with her. I mean, she never, her parents are her best friends. So her mom's always with her. And her mom, you know, we, I advise her a lot. Because I told her, I said, this is extremely important. I said, she's 17. But right now, the decisions you make now will determine her destiny. Mm-hmm. So we need to think it through and hire an attorney and uh, to look at things. And I have a really good friend who's an attorney. Mean as a snake, but you want him on your side in the courtroom, just saying. And, uh. He went in and he said, okay, this is what we need to do. Chop, 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 chop. This right here. They did it and it worked. And her mom goes, how much do I owe you? And he said, nothing. She goes, why? He said, Precious already paid it forward several times for me. But that's the kind of stuff I love to do for my clients, mm-hmm. you know, is to help them. Because a lot of these kids don't have a lot of money. Um, the, one of the really good promotion companies, their bottom dollar is like eight grand. It's it's wildly expensive. expensive wildly expensive. Just to, yeah. And, uh, and and we're in a a time now with the industry where again you're expected to do everything yourself, and labels don't want to put up that capital. They want to see that you've already done all of this stuff. And yeah, I mean the most people can't afford that. I mean especially you know even more so now with Nashville and the cost of living going up and wages staying right where they were. You know, pre pre COVID mm-hmm. and, and stuff has doubled since then. Um, so it just it makes it even harder for people to get their foot in the door because yeah, it's, it's well, crazy. I told uh, I'm, I have you know several young ones, uh, but I told the mother of one of them, I said it's going to be a fine delicate balance between being a teenager, being a student. Mm-hmm. Being a sister, being a granddaughter, being, you know, these all these hats yeah. she has to wear at a very young age. So I don't, if we do one thing this way, it's going to take her teenage years off kilter. You know, if this way, kilter this way. Mm-hmm. But she actually worked really hard, online school, and got, graduated from high school at 16. Wow. So she could do music. Wow. Yeah. And, but the parents, oh, uh. Or like, why did you tell us that? I said, because I don't want her to look back and say, oh, I miss my prom or I miss this. I wish I could, you know. I don't want her to have to go back and regret memories that was never made. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And, um, but uh, I've got Jesse, the one I was telling you about, that was really shy. She, ain't, she I'm going to do Kentucky. She ain't no more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I take her over meet. I was going to story earlier. I'm sorry I'm going but I just oh, have no, so good. much information. Uh, I take her to, over to Jill, and uh, Jill said, "Will you just t- take her to her? You know, this like the back of your hand, you know." So I take her for tour. We come in the door, and it's big, loud. Publishing is in there for a thing, and I walk in. There. She said, "Come on in." My five o'clock cancel. Come on in. So we go in there, and Jessie plays one of her songs, and Jill goes, "Don't move." She goes and gets Bart, the executive director for NSA, and brings him in. 
And of course, she'd never written a co-write by then. I this is my first day with her, so right. she got to sing with Marty Brown, meet the executive director of NSAI, <laughs> and go to the studio my. with uh, the guy that wrote "Better Off in a Pine Box" and uh, "If You Leave This Way, You Can Never Go Back," which is Steve Clark. Uh-huh. And now it's so funny. One of the songs they were doing that day, George Strait's putting on his record. Wow! So the parents are like, "See, that was God. That was the day we we're supposed to be here because it was like an amazing day." And uh, so he comes in there and he goes, four songs. And he he goes, you call right? She said, not yet. And he goes, well, here's the person you need to look at. He said, she's really good about helping maneuver what he called. Bart cannot handle the bottom feeder. He and I are just about like hillbilly <laughs> together. Uh, so we start writing. And then he said, I want to see you here in six weeks. So we go back there to meet with him, Bart. And Bart goes, she plays him her new song, and one's called uh, Church Pew, which Caleb Mills put out. She wrote, that was the first time they wrote with her and Caleb Dawson and Courtney. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, that's amazing. And so then she did another one about perspective of a drunk driver, which is a real true story from her sister-in-law. Drunk driver had hit them head on when her sister-in-law was three or four, and her dad has not because of the injury of his of his head and brain, he he is has a really, really hard time. Wow. And uh so they drove it I mean they the idea was from the because he kept apologizing and apologized to the family. Thank God no one was killed. But, you know, because you have to forgive yourself. And so she come up for a session, I said she said, I want to write a song. I said, Well you can jump in there. There's you know so she said, I have an idea. And they wrote it, and they come in there and played it for me, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so good, you know. And so when she played that for Bart, he goes, are you going to college? She goes, nope. And he goes, good. <laughs> he goes, because he, you know, she played four or five more songs, and her parents were sitting there going, like they had a deer in the headlights. They couldn't believe it. He goes, I usually d- discourage uh you know, encourage people to right. go to college. But he said, the two things you need to do is start taking publishing lessons and, like, Music Business 101 mm-hmm. and things like that because he said, you're going to be a hit writer one day, period. Right. You're going to have a future as a hit writer. And she's still 16 at the time. So, and, of course, I escort all the kids around all the meetings. I drive so I don't have to work all that. And the dad comes up and he said, what, what, what just happened in there? <laughs> I said... I'm pretty sure that she impressed Bart, and it's hard to impress Bart. And uh, and she was sitting back there, and I look in my rearview mirror, and she's going, <laughs> just smiling. Of course, she's been with me uh, eight weeks, by then a little over two months. So I got her on at the show, um, on the local, mm-hmm. you know, uh, porch light, or porch pickers, they call it. Anyway, she gets up there, and you can tell she was scared. And uh, the other her co-writer Brooke of the song that they've got it's just amazing called Say What You Mean Girl and she comes up and she said this is uh, Jesse's first time playing in Nashville so they give her like a big round of applause you know and everything and it helped her because I thought and I told Brooke I said say something that will help her stop the nervousness right. you know and that's what she did and so it was saying she's new but she's playing right. you know in Nashville and so, and I go outside and I see a couple of tears in the parents' eyes. They're like, we, we have no, you know, we just couldn't imagine. And, uh, but 
the parents, when I was really, really sick back, you know, last year in October, November, the parents, her, their, uh, Jesse came to me and said, Mom, I don't know what to do. Something happens. Mama Precious said, she is my lifeline. I'm living my dream as a songwriter, and I'm not even out of high school yet. You know, right. she's got three cuts coming out in the next. I know, <clears throat> and but, and I told her, I said, here's the deal, guys. This is why I try to tell you as much as I can about the business to help you learn. So if something does happen, you know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think the hardest part is having the parents not know anything about the business. Right. So while the kids are in the writing session, I sit with the parents and teach them. Like they're going to Belmont. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while they're here, I have them three notebooks. I show them how to keep their expenses. And I have the like a, a, a point bullet point list. Get a P.O. box now before. Because when they get famous, I'm not going to say if, then you want to make sure that you have a security with a P.O. box. Because uh, I've had a couple of stalkers stop one of my young girls. And uh, it didn't very well. Um, but... Get a your P.O. box, okay, when you do your business cards, whatever. Mm-hmm. They don't need to know your address. If they want to send you something, they can call and ask you, and you'll give them your P.O. box, right? Yeah. Um, especially if someone come up to my 14-year-old and said, I want to write with you. And the mother was standing there, and she's going like this. I said, oh, well, then you have to go through me. <laughs> and he... Just gave me a really bad feeling. Right. And the mother, after he walked, left the room, the mother goes, now know why you say, tell everybody that mm-hmm. talk to you. <clears throat> it takes you out of the bad position of having to say no. Yeah. And that way the kid can make her choice. And I said, I never, ever, if, if my boy's in my office, I trust with my girls around the world. Right. You know, I, I don't want someone in there that's in there for an ulterior motive, you know? Of course. You just say no. I had one person come up and kept putting $200 in a tip bucket for one of the girls. And I get to looking at his profile on Instagram. It was horrific. I mean, some of the things that were said. So, um, and the mother, she's so sweet. She goes, well, I don't want to make anybody mad. I said, you need to make him mad. Right. He needs to be in prison. So make him mad, or I will. <laughs> so I said, uh, and then I've got an eight-year-old that comes and sees me about once every two or three months. And she sings. Um, she's going to be a, a powerhouse one day. Anyway, this guy kept calling her, because she lives, her grandmother's got custody of her, and kept saying, I, I need to talk to you. I want to manage her and all this stuff. What are you going to manage? Right. Third grade? Fourth grade? <laughs> what? Anyway, so uh, I said, I sent him an um, uh, instant message. And I said, and she had changed her number, mm-hmm. blocked him, and he went around it and still got a hold of her. Oh, yeah, no. So, so I was already going, like a bull, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's not what you want, is no. it? No. So, and I texted him. I said, hey, just so you know, everything comes through me. And I said, number one is, she's not ready for a manager. The second thing is, I don't want anybody in that room with her or anywhere near her if I can't trust them with my life. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, so he never called her again. But I'm pretty sure I was called a dirty, dirty, dirty Dave oh, all over town. But I don't sure. care. Hey, I'm sure. I, you know what? At the end of the day, I have to stand and go, okay, God said, did you take care of the kids and watch out? I did. And that's, you know, you have to answer for it. But that happens a lot. And I'm going to tell you a faith story. Okay? I uh, I was really sick, and I didn't want to go downtown. So, uh, I'm not going to tell the artist, um, because she's in a lot of good things happening right now, but what happened is I wasn't going to go downtown. And I'm like, no, I'm going to call and cancel because I just feel so bad. Well, all of a sudden, it's like God said, get up, you're going. I'm like, so I get up, get ready, and come downtown to meet with them. And I'm like, why couldn't I wait? I'm just thinking in the back of my head, you know, but I'll do it. Because it's like that feeling that he's, he's guiding me to do things. And so I met with them, and I said, one thing I need you to do with me. Anybody that calls you asking to do this and do that, tell them that everything has to go through me. And what I will do is I will... Call them, put you on the, you know, in the circle, right? Mm -hmm. But this guy was texting the mother. But anyway, that the, I said, you need to do this, you need to do this, and this. And the parents did it all. Well, the next morning, I looked down, and my phone, the mother was texting. She said, I got a problem. And I said, okay. And she said, this guy wants to have blank, blank, you know, do a demo for him. I said, okay. So she went, I said, here's what you say. I said, do they want you to pay for the demo and him use her voice? Because right. it was his song. Right. She had nothing to do with it. Right. So, yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> she said, I don't know. She said, do you, are you, and I said, put it this way. Are you going to pay her to sing the demo? And I said, or are we going to have to pay the money to get her to sing your song demo? Well, he didn't like that. Right. And uh, he goes, no. He goes, yeah, you're going to have to pay me. And when she texted me that back, I went, no. Yeah, no. So I said, text him back and said, it's not happening. And tell him that you talk to your consultant, your advisor, and that's not the way the music industry works. If you're on the level and you're doing things right and what I call professional courtesy, mm -hmm. uh, it's not happening. And so she texted him back, and she said, she's not doing it. Black of black, I told him everything I had texted her. And he goes, I don't want to record her. He goes, I just want to manage her. Okay? She's 13. Okay? So anyway, I'm going. And God goes, that's why I needed you to meet with her last night, because this <laughs> was going to happen. You know? And so, very, very proud. But I'm just putting situations but the parents are like my family, too, you know. And if people reach out on Instagram, can we write, can we write? And I said, the parents all know I have these feelings, and I've been right so many times. Because uh, when I was sick in the hospital, one of them went to meet the person who was going to take, uh, what's his face? I'm not going to say his name, 4% Forever mm -hmm. uh, of the songs. And... So she came in. She said, please don't be mad. I'm like, what? I said, I'm not mad. She goes, no, but I know we were worried about your health. We didn't want to let you know that we met with this so-and-so, so-and-so. And, -so, so -and, -so. and I, when she said his name, I went, 
What? Excuse me? You should know where I went. No, 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 no. She said, oh, we knew it the first three minutes we yeah. walked in. She goes, now I know why you want be, why you want to be there. Because right. I can smell a skunk a mile away. <laughs> you know, but, you know, I've been fooled. Um, I found out through, I mean, my, my mother got taken advantage of. Uh, I got taken advantage of. I mean, my mother died in 1990 in March. And I come to Nashville in July. And I started uh, seeing someone who worked at the publishing company at BMG mm -hmm. in the tape room. And uh, thank God he's left town. But anyway, he told me that he needs to help me start a publishing company. My mother had a lot of songs. So I started learning about the business and what I had to do. He created a publishing company with my dead mother's Social Security number. Wow. Yeah, it. <laughs> but once again, wasn't I? I knew about the copyright and stuff like that, mm -hmm. but I had not got to. You know, mother was her own publisher. Anyway, you know, so you. And then the, I can tell you, my whole family is that's that does the music. Um, my mother with that one, me with that one, um, and then Don and Phil Everly, they were. Uh, Dawn was, we were watching the Bible channel. Dawn was talking about, uh, about how he and Phil wanted to go to L.A. and follow Ricky Nelson out there to do TV, right? Mm -hmm. So his manager, their manager, and their publisher is the same person. And uh, I used to look up to this person, but now I don't. <laughs> uh, anyway, he said, we want to go to Hollywood. Yeah, go on. And so they went out there, country boys, you know, they come back to Nashville and they go, we just, we, we, we want to be here. Of course, uh, Dawn actually lived in Columbia, you know, before he passed away. And his, the mother still lives, had lived in their house till she passed away uh, here. I mean, so okay. they've been here forever. Anyway, the, they come back and they said, we want to try to get a ride on with the, you know, Felice and Boudreaux Bryant, which wrote, Bye Bye Love. Uh, wake up, little Susie, and Bird Dog, which is about yeah. Uncle Blue, because his his eyes, my great uncle was light, eye, you know, light blue eyes, about the bird dog that chased all the girl dogs, <laughs> <laughs> the bell. Anyway, he said that they said the publisher said, no, you can't have any songs from them, and you can never record it with them. I'm like, wow. When I saw that on the interview channel, I'm like. It just, it opens up your eyes. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And they ended up, of course, Don wrote, uh, uh, sorry, Kathy's Clown. Yeah. Yeah, and he's got a bunch of songs. And I'm, you know, and I'm sure his family, you know, probably gets a nice royalty check. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah. Sure. Um, but it's just things like that. I'm like. You don't even, when you got a person in high authority like this publisher was, mm -hmm. I'm talking, you know, you're like almost to the bowing point. And then you hear what they have done to somebody in your family. And I'm just like, how could that happen? Yeah. How could that happen? But that's why the just, parents come to me. And I've literally, people call me and said, uh, what about this person here? I said, that's a good person to meet with. Yeah. Uh, 
let's do it together. And uh, because I've got right now working on trying to get uh, Sirius tied down. Uh, I'm making sure the kids get to go to Tim Fan South and then CMA Fest. Mm. So, and the, I help them understand some of the unwritten rules. Like, you've got to have a top 75 song on Music Row on right. certain things. And uh, the parents says, well, I don't understand that. We're indie artists. I said, well, it's just they have to do it because there's certain things where I'm sure that some of these kids have paid money to get that person in there. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but uh, as a matter of fact, one of the little girls in North Dakota, she's got like 500,000 TikTok followers. Oh, wow. Brianna. Anyway, she's opening up for Neil McCoy. Oh, awesome. Oh, I know. Yeah, hang on. And his the bus broke down, so they had to stay at her parents' house. The band did. Oh. They're talking and everything. And she said, I'm going to country radio seminar next week. And Neil goes, what? He said, she said, I'm going to country radio seminar next week. He said, who's, he said, how much? She said, well, I got my, my, my consultant and my, and my second mom in Nashville's taking me. He goes, okay, how much is she charging you? And she goes, nothing. He goes, what? She goes, nothing. He said, who is it? She goes, Precious. He goes, oh, my God. He starts laughing because I was his intern in Atlantic, like, 91, you know. But it was so funny. funny. But the parents were like, uh, they were so pleased that, because if you say, I'm working with so-and-so, and they're going. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. That person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said, I said, I've been around a music role, and I really do love doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And it shows. Like, it shows. You can tell. And it it's so important to have someone that is an advocate for just, like, all these kids that have, you know, they don't know about the business side. Um, because it is, like, you it's so easy even if you know the business it's still easy for someone to pull the wool over your eyes so like i i love what you do and i think you you are part of making nashville go round. <laughs> well hopefully you will be at the office soon writing songs i'll get down maybe just there. i'll get down <laughs> and i'm working i'm podcast recording nine to five. Oh yeah and you gotta you bring your baby Yep. Your hundred what, seventy five pound baby? <laughs> she's uh I actually weighed her the other day. She's seventy eight pounds. But her paws are like that big. I know, she's just she's stocky, uh. yeah. No, our our <laughs> when someone comes in, if they don't like animals, it makes just a red flag. I was gonna yeah, can't trust them. Can't trust them, no, I'm serious. <laughs> Because every everybody well like Jesse's family raised black labs. The only, the only exception I'll make is if someone's allergic to them. Right. But then I'm like, you still gotta like them. Just be like, oh, I gotta be careful because I'm yeah. allergic. I'm like, that's okay. I know my girlfriend's allergic to cats. She's got three. <laughs> so she always puts a thing on her pillow because they want to get one, two, three. You know. Uh, but uh, one of the biggest things also what I do with the kids is I help them understand that. When you're going to go in to record, you've got to make sure your vocals are good and your diaphragm's good because mm-hmm. you're wasting a recording session if your vocals aren't up oh, to par. Yeah. It's like trying to run a marathon for, at 80%. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love seeing the parents' faces. They were filming the other day. Uh, Brooke was in there recording their, her songs. Has a single coming out. Uh, we're still waiting on the date, but it's called Say What You Mean, Girl. 
and it is just amazing. And I and her mom sitting there. She said, "I cannot believe this." And the best part is that her grandmother, who's like 84, 85, she came with them to watch it. Oh, and she nice. was just sitting there going, this is so good, you know. And when this comes out as well, I'm going to make sure that I link to to all this stuff so um, we can really push out the social media and get people listening um, to all this talent. There's a ton of it. I'm telling you, it's, I mean, not because... Uh, the other day uh, I had a client in from South Carolina because the kids come in and stay for like two or three days from different states mm -hmm. and they go back and play up, you know, that's how they make their living and uh, when uh, he came in the other day uh, and I hadn't, going to my office you have to have a key card so outside, so I pull up there and I see him and I said, hey Kyle, he goes hello I said, what's up, he goes I could have sworn Red Aikens just walked in the door. You know, the hip writer. Mm -hmm. You know, I got dirt on my boots anyway. He's written like, I think he's had like 30 number ones or something like that. It's Thomas's really? dad, you know. Uh, anyway, I go in and, and Dawson said, I'm running late. I got to, you know, they had a co-write. And so I go into the office, I unlock it. And I'm like, oh, and I had brought a picture to hang in the bathroom because there was no pictures like a. I had to say Thomas, whatever his name is, but I put it in the ladies' room. And uh, I was coming out the door, walking down the ramp, and I hear, Precious. I'm like, what? What are you? And it was red. And I said, I said, I've got my He goes, what are you doing here? I said, my office is right there. I said, you want to come see? And he goes, of course. And he's laughing. So I said, I'll be really quick. He walks in the office, you know, and there's like the guitars, and he's like, Whoa. And I show him my office, and it looks like Elvis and Pink had a baby. <laughs> uh, you know, like, in your face, in a good way. Uh, and then I show him the conference room, and I show him the writer's room and things like that. And uh, he goes, this is really, really cool. I said, thank you. And he said, I, he said, I knew that you do a lot of interviews, because you know, I work for uh, mm -hmm. two magazines. But he said, I didn't realize that you helped these kids. And so I brought him back there, and I introduced him to Trey Gallman, who is, used to play football. And he looks like a football player for T at, uh, LSU. And then there was Kyle standing there. And Kyle was just like, I mean, he was like. Oh, my God. Well, and, and so when Rhett left, you know, he shook their hands and everything. And uh, so he went on over to the studio across the hall where they do a it's, you'll never know who's going to be in the building after that. That's why I told the kids, don't ever come here with your hair in a bun and no makeup, <laughs> you know. Um, and Kyle, as he left, Kyle goes, I said, what? He goes, you know, my son's name, Rhett. I named him after Rhett Akins. I said, why didn't you say something? He goes, because I was in shock that I'm <laughs> my first day in Nashville and I meet one of my songwriting idols. Oh, wild. <laughs> you know, you just never know. Him. You never know. No. And I'm, I, I'm sometimes I'm a, a momager. Okay. Uh, if I see that your nails have got chip fingernail polish on them and you're playing in front of a crowd at the local, you never know who's going to walk in. Like, why well, walked in one day? Right. You know, I'd already left. Uh, and then you have, I mean, you just don't know. You know? It's true. Yeah. Like the guy from Yellowstone showed up one night, you know. And uh, so I always said, you've got to look presentable. I said, I don't care if you take your polish off. Right. I'd rather have clean fingernails than chipped, you know, and then... Boys, don't look like you've been hanging in the barn in the manure. You gotta need to clean your boots if you're gonna be on stage. And I've got like 13 things for a successful writer's night to kids. And it helps them because 
these kids come to town and they're like, I'm going to go do a writer's night. Well, before you do, I always have them. They said, I want to do a writer's night. I said, let me hear what you're doing. And uh, even though your grandmother tells you you're a great songwriter, sometimes we right. might need to do a little bit more co-writing. Mm-hmm. So I don't ever want to put a kid on the stage that is not ready to be there because you never know who's going to show up. Right, yeah, it's it's that kind of town, you know. Yes, you just... yeah. And uh, I see, there's been so many people, I mean, stars just walk in, you know, mm-hmm. and say, hey, how you doing? Because it's sort of like a bigger version of Bluebird. Right. But you, they don't shush you. <laughs> uh, but so the you knew who Rodney Atkins is Rodney Atkins yeah. right okay yeah of course I had a little girl with me and we were both writing sessions canceled and she, her husband's actually a country star now uh, but she, I got a text from one of my other girls she goes I just come out from the gym so we're sitting at the tin roof okay and we had just met uh, Rodney Atkins at the studio because mm-hmm. her producer, a hip songwriter, he was over like Black River Studio. Um, we leave there. She's, and I'm telling you so bad, they turn around. Rodney Atkins is married and said, Precious, who is this? And I introduced her and everything. And then we get to the, the tin roof. We're sitting there and she's looks like a superstar, you know. And, uh, here comes the other one in with her hair in a ponytail going everywhere, no makeup and a pink jogging outfit, okay? Mm-hmm. In walks Chris Young. And I was saying, what did I tell you? <laughs> you know, I thought she had gotten out of the gym and went and got changed. Right. She didn't. Anyway. But there's just so many little things that I share. And I don't, I teach different. I teach with stories. Because you'll remember a storybook. Mm-hmm. Like Cinderella, yeah, more than you will you a just, textbook. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and I have the mothers. I told you, you got a binder for their lyric sheet, how to type them out, and I make them get a binder to hold the receipts, and then a binder for the music business hand handouts. Smart. Like for instance, I got one called abbreviations, which tells you what ACM stands for and and ATD and things like that. All the million. I tell you, what, that's one thing you guys love over here. Just America in general is abbreviated. <laughs> Like it is. Oh my goodness! So many letters go round in my head on a day. <laughs> like when I started, I worked at Vanderbilt, and I swear half my training was just trying to figure out what this bunch of letters <laughs> meant. It was wild. When I came to town, my biggest thing to learn was how to use a computer. Because <laughs> I had a typewriter, I could just go to oh, town on, but not no. Now, yeah. But um, I said, there's uh, a couple more stories but I'll save them for later but I do feel like that I'm supposed to be exactly where I'm at you know as far with the kids and it does get tiring and it was rough uh, last year when I was really really sick because I would like this is Jesse doing okay did she write a song have you written any songs so I would text and said please send me some songs y'all written because they were still right. able to go to the building and write right. and they sent me a song and it said it said take it like a man if I could you know uh uh, anyway, it's just, and I'm sitting there, and the kids are like, I said, guys, and her mother, she said, I'm not just saying this because my daughter's in your, you know, in my in the family, mm-hmm. but she said, we are so blessed because you educate us because we got to make decisions. I said, you've got to. And she goes, the hardest thing about you teaching 
you know, is that I have to do baby steps, you know. Right. So she said, you taught us what a PRO was. And I taught them how to do the royalties mm-hmm. and how to do sound exchange and things like that. Told them what to do with their taxes. But I, the hardest thing the parents can comprehend is some the kids come like, only been in my office a year. Well, now she's got a single coming out. She needs single artwork. Yeah. We need mixing and mastering. Need the IRC code. So I explained. Uh-huh. IRC code is what they trace you in the 90 countries, right? But IS, ISWC that your PRO gives you. And I have to tell them two different things uh-huh. and why. You know, if you register one thing wrong, a, yeah, nobody it, gets paid forever. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, it doesn't equal that side of things can get so confusing. Like this, I think there's nothing that's overly hard about it to understand. There's just so many elements to it that trying to like piece them all together is yeah is, is wild. And I think, I say having having someone there that that is able to just guide through that, you yeah, know, is incredibly helpful. I know that they all appreciate you. Yeah, hundred um, percent. This is my last story. I'll tell you. Uh, I have a client that I met. He actually performed at the Opry on December the 3rd. Okay. Uh Uh-oh, at the Opry. Uh, He, his mother came to me, and because she lives in Arizona, he lives here, he's a Belmont kid. And I showed her, she apparently registered the stuff for him without knowing how to do it properly, right? Okay, yeah. So we go in there, and I said, look here. I said, he's got six songs registered. I said, what does that say? said, publishers, CD Baby Beta, took all the publishing. And she goes, how did, I said, did you check pro? She goes, I don't know. I said, well, those five songs, we got to go and write a letter. It takes about six months to release them. And he was in my office last week, and he goes, but they're, I hate those songs. I, I don't want to, you know. I said, that's not the point. Yeah, you need to be released, because if you put something up there, mm-hmm. And you look at your contract, they get to take publishing from that too. Yeah. He goes, and he's a Belmont. He's a junior. He goes, I didn't know that. Write up that LOD, send it in. (laughs) Yeah. So I I wrote a letter and sent it to them, asked them to release, you know, because they're only supposed to keep it a year. But unless you remind them, because they got 1.7 million songs, you know, they're they're not going to do it. Of course. Yeah. And uh, so he's getting a new publishing company. And, uh, and of course, they have different names and people use like, you know, Let's just say John Smith, you know, mm-hmm. publishing. And and so and then you're the artist, John Smith, okay? Well, I always try to tell the kids about wearing hats, two hats. This side is your songwriting and publishing. You really don't want to take that money and spend it unless you have to, or yeah. at least write yourself a paycheck to be on the road. Right. And so I always have, like, John Smith Entertainment on this side and have an EIN number, all your because you're going to get paid immediately. Yeah. Okay, you got to pay your bank, you got to pay your gas, your food, and eat. Mm-hmm. Then on the other hand, here you're not going to get paid for a year and a half, two years from your song. Right. So, you know, so I always try to help them separate. You've got the performer and the artist and on the, this side, and the business and the business yeah. on the left. And the mother's like, I don't, I never thought of that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I do fix a lot of things with the parents. And then I said, don't feel bad. I said, you have to realize my mother did the same thing before she learned about the business. Mm-hmm. And, so, and that's where I know where the weak spots are when parents really don't know. They just want to do what's best for their kids. And when they do it, and it's not the best thing, they don't realize it until it's already in the right. record. And I told them, I said, we're going to just get everything back. And 
I said, because they're going to collect royalties in 90 different countries. You know, domestics collected different than international royalties. Uh, and he goes, I have no idea. So just trying to get him work through that, you know. So we finally got his new publishing company. It's great. I love the name. I, you know, I can't help it. I hope the kids get the names, you know. But they're like, so like seven minutes later, he looks and he goes, I'm a publisher. I said, I know. He goes, that only took like seven minutes. I said, I know. <laughs> Just like that. Matter of fact, I've got a client moved here from Arizona, and uh, but I'm going to help him get his publishing tomorrow. You know, we had sent in a package to BMI for him to be a writer and a publisher like October the 7th or 8th, somewhere in there, and he still hasn't got a response. So we, I think the check, and it's not been cashed, Right. I think it's just probably got Sit. lost and yeah. So I'm telling him, I said, let's just do it online, so you'll know right then what your publishing company yeah. name is. He you goes, can just go straight in. And yeah. He goes, I can do that. I'm like, yeah, I'll show you. You know, it's the thing that like these things are so simple to do, but it's just knowing, knowing how and where. You know, um, and that's that's what I love about what I do. Um, my client. Uh, He's 64, the one I was, you know, talking about. And when we're discussing, he would go. He could not hear very well at all. So I told him, I said, here's the deal. I said, I want you to get your hearing aids because it's going to be like seeing for the first time. Mm -hmm. You're going to. And so he texts me at 2 o'clock in the morning. He goes, I know you're asleep, but my hearing aids are amazing. I can hear the radio across the room, you know. <laughs> and uh, his vocal teacher, uh, he's one of my good friends, Kathy Shabala, uh, she said, you're going to do so much better on your voice. So she worked with him just enough with breathing techniques mm -hmm. and things. So when he did get his hearing aids, it would be different. And he's excited. His next-door neighbor is Deanna Walker, and she's a songwriting professor at Vanderbilt. So he's in that class, and he's just like amazing. sucking, you know, the life. Uh, that he wanted and dreaming and you're never too late to dream you know never and he told me he goes well i'm 60 i said so i said there's, there's not a time limit on a dream absolutely not and that's what i try to tell the mothers you know because push 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 mm -hmm. and go 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 um but i said let them be a child and it will come as it is because i've seen a lot of kids 14 all the way up to 18 mm -hmm. since they graduate college they don't come back to nashville ever again they got college, they got boyfriends and things. So I'm very, um, incorporate that in here, you right. know, like in my teachings. Like, it's okay for them to have it, but don't be texting them in a writing session. Right. You know, and so I got my little checklist. And I said, if you do have to answer a phone, say, I'm so sorry, I got to take this. Mm -hmm. I apologize. And then walk, do what you have to do. I'm like, oh, I never thought of that. It's all the little things, just the little things. I know. Oh, but, uh, thank you. <clears throat> oh, you're welcome. Oh, no, that wasn't a, <laughs> that wasn't a, that wasn't a noise. <laughs> Precious, thank mm -hmm. you so much for coming in. Um, we will be back next week with another episode. Lots of exciting guests coming up. Until then, thank you very much. Recorded at 2300 Studios in Nashville, Tennessee, original theme music by Gary Wood.